And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. It feels like we were just doing this, and yet here we are again. In fairness, we weren't just doing this. The the episode was just released, but it was what Saturday when we recorded. What or was it? I Sunday? think Sunday. It might yeah. have been Sunday, but so, it, it's it's sooner than usual. But I don't mind. I will look at your face all day. Oh. Thanks. DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Not a problem. Hey, got it in before the first minute. Um, I sent you a text earlier today. Uh, Did not get a reply. Not that I really expected one. Um, How would you like this episode to go? Would you like to list? Would you like to do a traditional DDT wrestling? Would you like to do a DDT podcast? Would you like to do the the difference between DDT wrestling and DDT podcast? Well, I suppose we are DDT Podcast now. We were DDT Wrestling, now we are DDT Podcast. So one yeah. has, I suppose, more wrestling talk than the other. Yeah, I mean, last week's episode, or you know, Tuesday's episode, however you want to count it, um, that was mostly wrestling in fairness. But yeah, let's talk about, let's just do our normal show. It's Thursday, that's what we record our normal show. Uh, you know, the list is dead anyway, so why revive it now? People are so sad about that. Not me. You and I are not. Well, I, I miss the list sometimes. I sometimes wonder if it would work as a solo show, and then I remember nothing I do works <laughs> as a solo show. Uh, I, Where's question marks? There's so much work involved in trying to get, like, the iPad up and hoping that, like, there's a lot of pressure on me to get it right. And so rather than trying it, I'm just not doing it at all. <clears throat> That's called performance anxiety, I think. Yeah. The the medicine's <laughs> not helping, though, in this case. Oh, I see. Well, whatever. Um, what there is one wrestling, No pressure here. There is one wrestling uh, piece of information that I did want to get your opinion on because it came from CNN, but apparently Bleacher Report and CNN are now combined. I don't know how that works. Um, It is believed, the rumors are, the reports say, uh, that Ronda Rousey uh, should be wrapping up in April and uh, potentially leaving the WWE. Now, I know you're not watching, um, and I know that you're not necessarily a huge Ronda Rousey fan, but... uh, I like Ronda Rousey. Now, again, if you read the entire article, it says that uh, she might be leaving to start a family. So it might be a temporary thing, but uh, that was a... At this point, Ronda Rousey is never going to go back to like legitimate competition. No. So if she wants to you know, put in her one year full-time... And now go off and start a family. You know, whether or not she does come back part-time or full-time down the line is up to her. But, you know, I mean, she gave us a good year. I think she's been an excellent performer. And if this is the last we see of her, I think, you know, she'll leave behind a short uh, but positive legacy. And um, certainly, I think that the WWE would forever 
welcome her back if that's a move she wants to make. The track till 2021. I could very easily see them saying, look, like, go ahead, you know, come back in 18 months if you want to. Like, you know, if you want to show up at the Royal Rumble, maybe not 2020, depending on where they are, you know, family-wise, depending on how they choose to do it. But, like, the the door's open. You tell us when you want to come back, and we'll be happy to have you. But Correct. Um, I think they view her as a, as a very big star. I think she's probably their biggest crossover star they currently have. I'd say larger than Brock Lesnar at this point. Oh, without question. Without question. Right. And, I mean, at the moment, John Cena's career seems to be winding down in seems the ring. Seems so. Um, not, so, you know, I mean, Ronda potentially, if this is true, still could have some good matches and years in her just, you know, delayed. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Wanted your opinion. Uh, has your opinion changed about this weekend? Are you going to be watching? I don't know if you remember. The look on your face makes me think you may have forgotten. Uh, the Royal Rumble is this weekend. Uh, takeover ah. Saturday. The Rumble itself Sunday. Are as of as of huh. this moment, are you planning on watching? Not as of this moment. How about? I mean, I guess if you said, "Hey, I'm going to come over and we're going to turn on the Royal Rumble," I would watch it. But that's pretty much the only way it's going to happen. And I don't think you're coming over on a Sunday. So. <clears throat> to be fair, a lot of times when I am, even when I am over, you're not really watching. Like, it's on, but you're looking at whatever technology you have in front of you. You're listening to it. You'll look up from time to time. But WWE... I see the moments. WWE hasn't captured your full... When was the last time, and maybe this is a question that goes beyond just wrestling into the world of just multitasking and our attention spans in general. When was the last time you sat down and like watched without any other distractions, a wrestling show? I mean, an entire show. I have no idea, but I did start the last NXT takeover and I definitely made an effort to just watch it. I pretty much watched Gargano black, Mm -hmm. like, completely straight through. I suppose it is more matches as opposed to actual. I didn't actually finish that show though. That was, I think I stopped after that match. I think you would really enjoy this takeover. I know. I don't know that we really talked about it. Uh, We didn't, but I mean, I don't know if you remember when I first canceled the network, I think it was another one of those weekends where there was a takeover and a proper show. And I was more sad about missing TakeOver, um, like, you know, in theory. And, and I think that still holds. Even now, I'm probably more sad about missing TakeOver than I am the pay-per-view. But at least with TakeOver, I now know how to watch it on Hulu, on Hulu rather, if True. I want to. Um, just I won't be able to watch it live. So, whatever. I rarely watch anything live. But so. honestly, that's the thing, though. For me, I do tend to want to watch things live. And once it's not live... I almost never go back to watch it. Fair. All right. I'm excited. <clears throat> you know, I again, my history of staying up late for things isn't very good. So the fact that the Royal Rumble will easily be four hours, if not four and a half, doesn't make me think I'll watch all of it. But I always enjoy the Rumble. I always tend to enjoy most of TakeOver's. 
I'm only I'm my big hope for takeover. All the matches look good. I just hope that main event is not too long. I don't know what the main event is, but that sounds like I am, a good I am, hope. I to did have. run down the card, but I will run it down once more and then we can stop talking wrestling. Uh Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono in a proper match, not a Oh no. Not a 7 second thing. Um, there might even be a. How do you, you don't? I mean, you. Don't I suppose know that. that's true. It could be. A there might even be thing. a stipulation there. I, I don't remember. Um, Undisputed Era versus the War Raiders. Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. Johnny Gargano. Boy, I have no interest in that. Johnny match. Gargano versus Ricochet for the North American title, and Tommaso Ciampa okay. versus Alistair Black for the NXT title. Yeah, I mean, there's a few good matches on there. What's um? No, Adam Cole. Adam Cole's not. Involved. I I noticed this. I watched NXT, the Go Home Show this morning. Um, Adam Cole is not involved, albeit I'm sure he'll show up during the uh, Undisputed Era tag match. But he doesn't have a match, nor does the Velveteen Dream. Now, Adam Cole wrestled at last year's Royal Rumble. I suppose he could show up again. I'm I'm pretty solid in my prediction that Velveteen Dream. Gets a rumble spot. But. If you say so. But we will see. Either way. Haven't they already announced all the Royal Rumble participants? No. I think they've announced for both rumbles, they've announced about two-thirds. Which leaves leaves some some wiggle room. Right. Um, So then, Doc. I hope Billy Gunn is one of them. Me too. I always hope it's Billy Gunn. He's the one Billy Gunn. What about Bart Gunn? Uh, we haven't seen Bart Gunn since he got knocked out by Butterbean, but I'm all for Mark. Is that true? I'm pretty sure. We literally haven't seen Bart uh, I can look that up. I feel like we're doing the list now. Just curious. But um, hmm. let's look up the Wikipedia page for Mike Paul Chlopek. Uh Let's see. Is that Bart Gunn's yes. real name? As opposed to Billy Gunn, whose real name is Kip Sop. That's a terrible name, Kip. Um... Yeah, he got knocked out by Butterbean in 35 seconds and was soon released. He showed up at like a 15th anniversary show, but uh, I'm pretty sure losing to Billy Gunn with his last WWF match. That's too bad. I'd like to see a Smoking Guns reunion at some point. I'm all for it. Maybe once they get into the Hall of Fame. Hey, Billy Gunn to me is a Hall of Famer. Bart Gunn, less so, but if they want to put him in together... Bang, bang. I'll break out go. my cowboy hat. Uh, if we're not talking wrestling, Doc, I defer to you. Uh, what? We can talk about where wrestling. Where would you like the conversation to go? I'd like it to talk about wrestling. Okay. What specifically would you like to discuss? I don't know. I don't know anything about wrestling anymore. Would you like to be caught up? Not really. <laughs> What's Oscar doing at the Royal Wrestling Rumble? Becky Lynch. Oh yeah. And the other one's facing Sasha Banks. Correct. Yeah. Alright, cool. Well that's it for today, uh no, folks. We have, uh, thanks we for have tuning emails. in to, to how is how was the first few and, days back with the students? Uh that was terrible. It's been awful. Why? It's not the students' fault. Just some things that we've been trying to implement have not been going smoothly. So it's been a little bit of a 
been a little bit of a week. Let's put it a little way. bit of pulling your hair out, sort of thing. Yeah, we're in the middle of a job search as well, and I'm writing a briefing for um, the higher ups. So it's been. I'll busy, ask busy, you busy. this question. I don't think we've talked about this, but who knows? Uh, how do you handle frustration? How do you handle stress uh, when when things are when things are stressed? You know, we we hear from the besties. They email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Sometimes they talk about how they use our show as a way to get through trying times, which we always appreciate. But you saying like it's it's somewhat of a trying time. I won't say it's super trying, but you're having difficulties. Things are not going perfectly smoothly. How does how does Doc Manson deal with that? Uh, acetylopram? Is that the technical name for whatever med you're taking? Absolutely. Okay. So, but you didn't always take that medicine. True. And that's not something like, you know, somebody comes in and goes, boss, boss, the thing we've been working on, it's not going well. You don't immediately pop pills like you have an ulcer or something. You ever had an ulcer? No, have you? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but I don't know. I feel like I, like I feel probably. like both of us are kind of prime ulcer candidates. <laughs> yeah, but no, no actual ulcers for me. Um, um I don't know. I really, I don't really, I don't think I do anything in particular to deal with stress. To answer your question, maybe I've been playing more video games the last week or two, so maybe just escapism is mm-hmm. the answer. Well, I, I, and I. I am kind of, I want to know in that moment, something ha- like literally this thing that you've been working on doesn't work well right away. Do you double down and try to fix it? Do you, you know? Um, I am always, I won't say I double down and try to fix it, but I'm always looking for the path forward. What's the work around? How do we? You know, how do we address this? How do we move forward? Because you know, when somebody comes to me and says, this thing's broken, it's that's that's not helpful. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. OK, but it's not nothing is ever just broken. You know what I mean? What broke it? Why is this broken? What caused this to break? What can we do in terms of our our, our protocols, our procedures to make sure this doesn't happen? Is there any workaround that we can develop to, even though this is going to happen, you know, it can mitigate it so we, it doesn't actually affect uh, our productivity, at least not significantly. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's always about, well, what's the path forward for me? I, I don't tend to dwell in problem. I don't collect problems. Um, I, when I got a new boss last year, that's what I told him. I was like, he was always like, what's the big problem? What's the big sticking points? What's going on? And I was like, I don't, honestly, I don't collect problems. I just, when things come up, I figure out how to deal with them because there's no point dwelling on it. I don't know. Okay. And I know that probably doesn't sound very much like the Doc Manson, you know, knowing that I get frustrated and I get angry, but honestly, in a professional sense, uh, I would imagine there's a different, I don't think you would, I don't think you would recognize me. Please tell me you have a fake mustache. Please tell me you have a fake mustache. Please tell me you have a fake mustache. I have a fake mustache. Yes. Um, no, I do believe that. I think in, in, in a professional setting, in a science setting, uh, in a lab setting, I would imagine that part of your brain. I don't think scientists 
are sitting there going, woe is me, woe is me. The whole nature of science in my really uh, basic Cro-Magnon way of looking at it is you have to, you know, A, failure is a result in and of itself, and B, you're not going to get anywhere by just saying, woe is me. You've got to be like, okay, this didn't work. What's next? Correct. Um, A lot of my training honestly, is just troubleshooting. When it comes down to what is being a scientist, it sort of is systematically breaking apart problems and troubleshooting every last piece of it until you know how the system works, um, to some degree. And on top of that, though, uh, I also think that our background, our mutual background in theater and improv actually also is very important because the way that, and I tell my staff this all the time, um, the way these labs are, literally, the show must go on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if this reagent's not working and this assay's not going to give the right result. The students are going to come in and they need to have something in front of them to do. Um, so regardless of what the outcome is going to be, um, it's going to happen. So and in some ways, that's good because I've because also my staff, when I came in, I think their previous... Um, manager was maybe more strict and and more micromanagey certainly, but it's like you know they had to learn to not be afraid of me or to tell me things because honestly you you can come in and be like oh man I messed this up like I mixed this thing here and now everybody's gonna not get the result there and I'm just like fine whatever as long as we know. And now we can tell the students either what happened or we can make them speculate uh, what could have happened. Like, it's still science, man. It's still problem solving. It's still applying, you know, the data that you received in this experiment to support a conclusion. Um, I know a lot of people get caught up in science, especially laboratory sciences in an educational setting as sort of being like these cookbook experiences where you're supposed to go through the procedure and get the answer that you're supposed to get. But in fairness, I don't really, and I've actually toyed with this, you know, creating um, alternative outcomes to the various labs to where it doesn't come out as intended, because ultimately, I think the value in the experience is forming a conclusion that is supported by the data you observed. I think that's the actual real lesson to get out of any science class. And I think you can do that pretty much no matter what. Okay, I was waiting for you to continue because I was very captivated yeah, by what it. you were saying. Um, now, all students at the university level need to take some science courses. Yeah, correct. <coughs> to some degree, be... there's at least a general education. That's what I'm requirement. saying. So yeah, sure. Um, so as a scientist, let me try to wrap my head around what I'm really trying to say. For one of our listeners, for somebody who doesn't have a science background, what is something that they can take out of you being a scientist? What is what is a real life skill that you can apply something from the science field into that? Is it that problem solving? Is it that supporting your reasons with evidence? You know, um, yeah, it, it's and it's also it's it's always having evidence to back up your conclusions, but also to be aware of your biases because everybody is biased. Um, 
And in, in some ways, you also just have to admit that you're going to be biased and you can't necessarily recognize or see all of your biases, uh, which is the reason why anecdotal evidence is worthless. Um, honestly, like if it's not a double blind trial study, like a large data set, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. Just because my brother's cousin, you know, took 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day and never got sick, it, that doesn't mean anything. Personal experience is worthless, um, unfortunately. I, I smiled because in education, oftentimes we have data points, but especially at a primary school level, anecdotal evidence in our field is not worthless. So when you said that, I was like, oh, no, I can see why you would say that in your profession. In mine, it's slightly different. It's not actually different, though. You can use anecdotal evidence to weigh a conclusion, like to weigh a decision, but it's not actually meaningful. It's There is no degree of accuracy associated with it. Okay. So... Small data sets prove nothing. So, okay, let me give you an example. So I, I sat in training all day today, and we're looking at student data. I have, for my students, I have, in the field of reading, I have, let's say, for the, for the winter test, I have four assessments that I've given. Okay. Yep. So we are trying to extrapolate information based on those four. Now I have That's another word. What? Extrapolation. That's another word, extrapolation. Extrapolating data is always meaningless. You can interpolate data if you have data surrounding Wait, data. is that a word? Ex- I suppose it would be a word. I've never heard interpolate. But extrapolating falls outside of your data and you have absolutely zero ability to tell what happens to the trends of a data of data that fall outside of your data set you could have something that's perfectly linear through a particular concentration and immediately after you stop looking it levels off to a plateau you have no way of knowing extrapolating data worthless so okay so i have these four data points for all of these kids yep you come in as a scientist to look at this and I say, what do I do with this data? What do you tell now, me? Now that said, okay. And I'm not saying the data can't be informative. Maybe you are still able to look at trends with this particular set of students, this particular teacher. It, it's, it may still have some meaning to you. You're able to use it to guide a decision, but it's not the sort of data where you're going to publish a paper and say, this is a universal truth about students oh, no. who are learning reading. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not indicative of a larger, um, like, algorithm that, that, that's okay. working behind the scenes. This is what I mean. So we're analyzing data in different ways. I'm analyzing data to be like, okay, which of these students, ha- you know, is performing well enough so that if this enrichment group comes up, I'm sending Johnny as opposed to sending Bobby. Yeah, and again, like I said, you can use even very limited data to inform decisions. Um, but you're, you're not, that's not, that's not real science. You know what I mean? Cause, cause 
I'm, I'm well. It's true though because it's like if you know. Oh, trust me, I've been in these meetings. I know we're not doing real science. Yeah, but it's it's just it's 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 how old wives' tales start. It's how people say you know. Uh, don't go outside with wet hair. Going outside with wet hair, you're more likely to get a cold. I mean, that might be even be true, but that has nothing to do with what causes you to get sick, right? Mm-hmm. The the germ theory of an of 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 medicine. You have to have an infectious agent. It doesn't matter if your hair's wet. Maybe going outside in the cold causes there to be more infectious particles in the general air that you're breathing. Doesn't necessarily mean that. Again, your conclusion was false, but it's it's not actually true because of the reasons that you're proposing. You know, a stop clock is still right twice a day. Unless it's digital. Yeah, and then it's just, you know. Dead. Wrong. I guess that means I, it's right all the time. Because, I, I mean, think- what is time but a man-made, you know, just just construction... That is completely actually meaningless. Do you have a Do you have a smartwatch? No, I don't. I watch people try to read text messages with a smartwatch, and it makes me laugh every time. Why? Because now, granted, I'm not staring right over their shoulder, but they keep having to like scroll on the watch to read the message, and I'm like, these aren't long messages. You just have a very small screen. Yeah, yeah, a little silly, I guess. Uh, so what I got out of all of this is I want to shadow you at work. Can I come to your to your lab and just watch? You're going to be very bored at work. You're going to sit there and watch me on my computer for most of the day, writing up reports, and occasionally somebody's going to stop in my office who says, the world is ending, and I will say back to them, the world is not ending. Let us um, figure out what to do. <laughs> That's pretty much my entire day. How much, of your, how much of your day is putting out fires? Most of it. 80%. Okay. So maybe I just need to install a camera so I can fast forward to the good stuff. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. It's always somebody I, coming who's like, oh, it's terrible, this awful thing. And I'm usually like, oh, yeah, I emailed you about that. Did you read your email? Because you'd know how to deal with this if you read your email. That's usually, that's pretty much most of my day. I'm, I'm always fascinated with jobs that aren't mine. Having not had many jobs in my life, I don't have a wide, you know, I've never worked in a office i've never worked in a lab clearly or a yeah. a, a setting such as that i uh i think i mentioned we're doing a job search at the moment and yeah what's that about oh we're just looking for somebody else to work on our team and uh you know to it's replace you or to start looking what's that to replace you or work alongside you <laughs> um to work for me i suppose um but um yeah, like it's sort of interesting because you would expect me to want to be, you know, hiring. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm I'm against it. I, I certainly will be looking at everybody's credentials equally as I make a informed decision on whom to hire. But um, it's sort of interesting because you know you think that you'd want to look for people with the best credentials, you know, master's degree, ten years experience in the research lab, etc. But but honestly, uh, it, it is. What, what we do in the teaching laboratories is pretty different from research. And, you know, people with the best credentials, I'm not saying they're not the best qualified, but it doesn't necessarily make it so by default. Like, you might look at somebody who just has a bachelor's degree, because, I mean, that's a minimum qualification at the very least. But, but beyond that, like, 
you know, sometimes you see like these interesting resumes of people like maybe who worked in a restaurant for six years. And that's the sort of thing that catches my eye because honestly, what we do is not entirely dissimilar from a restaurant. You know what I mean? Um, there's preparing reagents instead of preparing food. There's lots of doing dishes. Um, there's lots of cleaning up after people, unfortunately. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's it's it's a very repetitive job, but it's team oriented. You have to work with others to effectively get the task done. Um, so it, it's sort of just, you know, it's interesting what sorts of things that you don't necessarily think are related to a job in the quote unquote sciences that actually is pretty useful experience, I guess. So if you saw a resume for someone uh, who had spent the last 12 or 13 years uh, working with smaller children, uh, and before that, worked as a camp counselor and at a haunted hayride and <laughs> at Taco Bell and at, at a university bookstore. Would would you be inclined to hire that person? Well, I mean, again, you'd have to meet the minimum qualifications. I would I would I think, you know, university unionized, all these job descriptions have certain minimum things that have to be met. It's like you'd have to have a bachelor's degree in biology. Or a related field. But assuming you had that, um, yeah, some of that stuff would be very interesting. Let's, let's assume, if you let's said assume to they me, have a bachelor's I, degree uh, in elementary education. Yeah, unfortunately, that wouldn't be considered a related field. But so in their cover letter, not. they mention that they did take uh, one biology class in college. Unfortunately, again, the degree itself does not meet the minimum qualifications so that's a shame <laughs> but again if they had that and and this is actually always very interesting too i mean you you look at people maybe um who left the workforce for 10 years for various reasons maybe they decided to go have a, a family you know it's been talking about ronda rousey sure but you know maybe 15 years ago they they did graduate with a master's degree and, you know, they've done nothing since then, but, you know, they clearly have the chops for for the the science um, topics at hand. And, you know, you know that they've got experience with children and, and so like, you know, the, the, again, my point is there's no perfect candidate. A lot of these different experiences um, can all be useful in their own ways. Now I'm reading what people have degree. Like now I'm wondering, like, is there a wrestler with a degree in biology? Probably. Who might someday apply at your school? It seems unlikely. John Cena has a degree in exercise physiology. Does that count? That makes sense. <laughs> All right. So it's been a trying week, but you are you are persevering, as they say. As they say. And we're trying to make your way through. Um, again, we just talked on Sunday. You've, you've got some video games you're doing kind yep. of. Yeah. Um, so I bought a, a power line adapter. I think I told you maybe I had ordered it. That's here. I installed it. I have it hooked up. Um, so I now have, you know, the router is upstairs in the office and that supplies wireless connectivity to the entire house. My desktop computer my workstation here is directly wired into the router, so it doesn't rely on Wi-Fi access. And uh, so we have our living room downstairs where we would watch streaming on the television. 
And I also have hooked up a device called a Steam Link, which interfaces with my desktop computer, allowing me to play video games streamed from my desktop down on the television. Um, but the Wi-Fi for that was very shoddy as well. You would get hitches and latency and, and you know just little stutters in the game that would be undesirable. So I've since installed this power line adapter. So basically one plugs into the outlet up here, one plugs into the outlet behind the television. The one up here connects directly to the router. It sends internet over the power circuits in my house. Oh, that's rides interesting. Rides the other adapter. I don't remember hearing this. Oh, and then it plugs directly into my streaming box, my Apple TV, and my Steam Link. So now that's essentially hardwired. Instead of being over Wi-Fi, it's sending it over my electrical um, cables in the house. It's pretty neat. Um, it, there's some degree we are of living in the We are living in the future. We are. We are. Um, some people talk about, cause you know, sometimes you have to cross different, uh, uh, breakers, I guess, in the fuse panel. So some people talk about how that causing interference in these connections and it can slow down the connectivity. So you don't get like the advertised speeds from these things. But honestly, mine is great. It's maxing out my internet connection downstairs in the streaming box. So I'm getting like double the throughput that I was getting, uh, before as well as way less latency and lag. So I was playing Dead Cells downstairs last night, 100% flawless. Um, so very pleased with how that entire situation has turned out. Is the reason you don't write like a tech blog just because everyone else in the world writes a tech blog? Cause I mean, yeah, who would read it? Me. I wouldn't understand it, but I would read it. No, no but nobody would read it because there's a million other sites. You'd never... You would never come up in a Google search searching for anything. So I don't know. It's, I just, it's pointless. You have taught me. Like, I didn't know there was a Steam link. I didn't know about a power line. I think that's really cool. I don't think it really makes a lot of sense for living in a two-bedroom apartment. That's one floor. But uh, it all depends on Wi-Fi is very convenient. But in terms of a, a stable connection, it's very poor in providing that. Um, sure. So as evidenced by the fact that at the beginning of this conversation, you were not moving. I could hear you, but your, your face was just frozen for a while. Yeah. So there are various applications, voice over IP, for instance, uh, these video conferences that we do on a weekly basis that would benefit from being hardwired as opposed to being done over Wi-Fi. So, Mm. yeah. And the future of like, I've heard there's a now 5G like it's I have not out f- yet, but no. But I've heard about it. I know there was like the Google Fiber or whatever that ideally would be better. Is that where we're heading? Is it just going to be better? I don't want to call it wireless because I don't even know if that's going to be where. Where are we heading in the future of internet access? Like we currently uh, have yes. Wi-Fi. I don't have to but. dial up and muffle the back of a computer so as not to wake up my parents when I'm on the computer in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. I mean, there's lots of different technologies in play. 5G certainly is a much um, wider, wider um, connection in terms of uh, of certain terms of a wireless connection. It um, allows much faster speeds, and I, I'm just not 100% sure what the latency of that is. Typically, things that are not connected via wire is always going to have worse latency than. Uh, a wired connection. So I'll, even though 5G will likely be better than 4G, I don't expect that it will even be comparable to you know wired Ethernet connections from 10 years ago, um, at least in terms of latency. Throughput, maybe. 
Um, and, you know, in terms of other technologies, fiber certainly is one. That's a wired technology where instead of coaxial cable, you're using um, fiber, which is, you know, uh, strands of glass, essentially. Um, so <laughs> there's much less interference as the signal moves along the wire, but it's very expensive. You actually have to put it into the ground, which is why it doesn't actually, you know, spread very quickly or to very many places. And, you sure. know, America being so large or so many rural places that don't even have, you know, access to cable internet, those sorts of places, I would expect that, yes, 5G, hopefully if they can get infrastructure up is going to be far more useful in those sorts of locations, as opposed to people who have access to a fiber network. Fiber networks, I believe, will always be superior. Uh, Facebook is working on something where they're working on, I think, uh, satellites that um, they're going to send internet data using high-powered lasers. So it's going to be like light patterns, not dissimilar to what happens over a fiber cable, just removing the cable. Um, so all sorts of different things being worked on. I suppose that's it. There were probably many different versions of Wi-Fi or internet and or yep. dial up and one happened to win out. So yeah. Cause I mean, even like when you say 4g, 4g LTE is a certain type of cellular um, connection. It's not the same thing as Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is a completely different technology. Yeah. See, um, but again, so. it's that sort of thing. And I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure I can find thousands of blogs or podcasts that explain this to people like me who don't, stop and think about it who just go oh internet is good um, the thing i yeah the thing I, I i struggle with is um i do actually think i'm fairly decent at explaining complex topics sure. in layman's terms i would totally agree but, with you but when i get to writing i always get discouraged because i always feel like to to actually sometimes relay things in layman's terms you sort of have to get a little hand wavy um, and, and some of the things that you say are not technically correct, but they get the point across. And I get caught up in, on that when I'm actually writing it down. I think when I'm speaking, I, less, I get less caught up in the minutia. But when I'm writing it down, I always want to figure out the best way to say it. So the thing that I'm, rep I'm representing it in a way that's not in any way technically untrue and still actually relates the information in a relatable way. Um, but yeah, for me, writing, that's that's very difficult to do. I get right. hung up on that. So a segment on the podcast called Doc Explains Basic Stuff to Dumb DC. is we'll, we'll, <laughs> It's a working title. But, okay. Uh, pro, we'll workshop it. We'll, we'll spitball it, throw it back and forth. Good, we'll, there you go. We'll come up with something. We'll see what sticks. Uh, yeah. You can explain email to me at some point, And we have an email address, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We have a small handful of emails since we just recorded and got through a whole bunch of our email. Uh, and the first one comes from... Bestie Chris Hawk, no subject. I guess now I have to mute hashtag DC Diaries since I was wrongfully accused of doing so. Sent from my iPhone. I did get a lot of positive response to that. A lot of people like, hey, find your happy. You not doing this is the exact... And you said it first. I'm That's not... That's what I said. I said it on the podcast. Don't let people... Don't let haters get you down. But, you know, a lot of people were like, no, you should double down and tweet even more. And I was like, no, that can't happen. I've got like less than <laughs> 18 of them in my queue, and I'm, I'm literally having mild panic attack. I'm like, if I hadn't taken so many days off because of this stupid bronchitis, I'd be like, I'd stay home just to catch up and watch more <laughs> wrestling. And I just want to say, Chris Hawk writing and saying about how now he has to mute it, 
because he was wrongfully accused is exactly the thing that he would say if he was the person who had muted you. So I'm not sure I'm convinced by anything. He can mute me if he wants. If Chris Hawk mutes me, I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Chris Hawk (laughs) is the type of guy to mute me. So it was some of the other names. Now, again, I see some another email here. We'll read it last hashtag or that subject line, the mystery of DC diaries. And this is my prime suspect. This is the one that I'm like, oh, Fredo, (laughs) you broke my heart. So well, we've got a couple of emails in between. You never know what might come out in those. All right. Jeffrey says, Twitter. Hey, guys. Just got done listening to the last episode. You both know I don't have Twitter, but if I did, I would totally follow slash read, not sure of the lingo, DC Diaries. Just thought I'd let you know that. And Doc, you okay? You don't sound like yourself this episode. Hope all is well with you guys. Waiting for the government to reopen and hoping for an episode of The List to keep me occupied. Have a good day, guys. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter set for my iPhone. Did I not sound like myself on that last episode? It was a Sunday. You were waiting for the snow to stop, and you were stressed about work, I think. I don't think you were, Mm. you know. I think both of us were not necessarily, like, gung-ho to podcast. We were like, and I think we said this last time, we need to do this or we will never do it again. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Jeffrey, how do you spell your name? Because the, the email says Jeffrey, R-E-Y, but you signed it Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. Maybe just a typo because you were, you're sending it from an iPhone, but just I want to make sure I spell it right when we're talking. Uh, next well, email comes from Glenn, and it says, let it snow. Good evening, guys. Listening to the late episode and wondered, what is your best memory of a snow day when you were growing up? Mine was, as a kid, we had a trampoline in my garden, and on a day of particularly heavy snow, we built a snow ramp and would bounce off the trampoline and slide down the ramp trying to stay on our feet. Thanks, Glenn. That's a good memory. It is a good memory. Every time I was on a trampoline, I always fell off. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like DC. DC um, is the kind of guy who would fall off a trampoline. Do you want to explain why you say trampoline? That's how it's pronounced. Okay. Um, I don't... Well, okay, no, never mind, I, because I'm a teacher. I still get snow days. The best memory of a snow day is the snow day dance that my wife and I do when we get a snow day. Okay, that's, you're obscure, I mean, that's a fair answer to a general question, like I, and I want to hear more about this dance in a second. But he does say when you were growing up. Oh, okay. Well, we're always but Tell me gr- about this dance. Doc, we're always growing up. Every day we're a little older. Every day we're a little wiser. So, Shut the hell up. Okay. Tell me about this snow day dance. Um, it started with just we would be excited, and so we would say, we got a snow day. We got a snow day. And now we put our hands up, and we clasp hands, and we jump up and down and spin in a circle going, we got a snow day. We got a <laughs> snow day. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, especially for you kids, um, I know like at least one person, you know, we've got some younger folks. Teachers also enjoy snow days. I'm secretly hoping the temperatures are supposed to drop. There's a lot of rain. I'm hoping it all ices over and I don't have to go to work tomorrow. That's my secret hope because then I would be able to watch wrestling guilt-free. It's going to be pretty warm tomorrow, so sorry to say. Darn. You're going to work. Um, as a kid, I'd have to ponder that. You, do you want to? 
take it? Do you have a specific memory? I I I don't really have a specific memory, but like I can remember being outside and building a snowman and being so freaking cold that by the time you come back inside, you know, you're freezing and you're soaked through. You can sure. barely feel your fingers. Liquid is just running from your nose. And I definitely have at least one memory of my mom, you know, greeting me as I'm stripping out of the snow pants, jumper, whatever, you know, with a mug of hot cocoa. And I think that's definitely a, uh, that's a, a good, good memory. Um, in the house I grew up in, we had a shed garage area that was disconnected from the house. And the snowplow guy would plow really far up. So you'd get this mountain, these mountains of snow right up along the shed and so the neighbors would come over and we would build these elaborate like forts we would try to tunnel our way through and i remember being a kid like army crawling through this tunnel and again it's about you know maybe like two feet of a total tunnel but i remember being under it and being like this is cool i am under the snow and you know (laughs) yeah we i definitely built forts Along the road, the plows would build up those giant mountains yeah. of snow. Yeah, no, we, I wasn't allowed near the road, but we were on a side street, so there yeah. was a lot of traffic. There was, I grew up in a very small town, but if there was a main street, that was, like a main road, that was the road I lived on. So Yeah, yeah. But good question. Good question, good question. I de- did, you ever, did you ever go uh, sledding as a kid? I can remember going sledding a few times. That, that was always we had a very small terrifying. hill. We had a very small hill in our house. Um, the neighbors across the street had a much bigger hill. And I remember vividly, because uh, I only remember, as my dad likes to say, I only remember the tragedies. Uh, I remember going over there to sled. And I remember sledding, and it was me... And Mikey, who was the kid my age, and Mikey had an older brother named Brent, and Brent had a girlfriend. And I went over to sled, and I was sledding, and after I sled, slid, I suppose, Brent and his girlfriend on a slide came down after me. Now, I was trying to get up. Mikey claims he was trying to help me. I know it was Mickey. It was Mickey, not Mikey. Mickey claimed he was trying to help me, but he jumped in and held me down. And as I turned to look, Brent and his girlfriend ran over my face with the sled. (laughs) You could have died. Black eye, bloody nose, fat Uh. lip, dragging my sled across their yard, across the street, up the driveway to my house, knock on the door, because, of course, I don't have a key because I'm just a kid. Uh Dad opens the door. He's like, oh, good, you're here. You can help bring in wood. And I go, I'm hurt. And he goes, I don't want to hear your excuses. I'll see you in a few minutes. And shuts the door. (laughs) Now, to his credit, because I start crying at this point, he opens the door, realizes that I'm not kidding. Everything is fine. But I remember telling him that story. And he just looked at me and was like, do you have no happy memories of your childhood? Every story you tell me is horrible. And I was like, I, well, I was. I think I said at that point because I was an adult. I think I said like the historical. We have to remember the bad memories because that's what keeps us from making those mistakes again and all of that sort of stuff. But 
Yeah. Did I, you have a toboggan? Was it a big old wooden sled? Was it? No, what? it was one of those plastic, you buy it, Benny's sort of sleds. Just like those circular ones? No, or? I remember this one. It was a blue one, and it was a rectangular, but it had it came out a little bit, almost like a snowplow in the front. So I guess it was okay. toboggan-esque, but it wasn't wooden with the rails or anything. Right, like right, that. right. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, the final email, Mitchell Monroe, The Mystery of DC Diaries. I am flabbergasted, appalled, and offended that DC would ever even think of accusing me of such slander. While many DC Diaries tweets go over my head and I scroll by them, or even just glance every now and again, I'll come across one that makes me curious toward wrestling days of yore. You should never be upset about tweeting on wrestling from the 70s. Your live tweeting of things most people don't care about is what inspired me to live tweet my Pokemon game. If someone really has an issue, they can block the hashtag. But some people definitely enjoy it, so don't stop altogether. And I'm sure you enjoy writing them. That said, I should have been eliminated from consideration at the very beginning, as I am not even in this exclusive DDT Bestie chat I keep hearing of on the podcast. Uh, to in, to my defense, uh, I wouldn't know that because I'm not part of the DDT Bestie chat anymore. And I almost asked Glenn to reinvite me, but then I was like, no, no, I'll just to stay everyone's out of it. defense. It's not actually the DDT Bestie chat. It's just called Find Your Happy. It's actually the old NAI Patreon chat that oh. they no longer use and have since all left. But somehow, I think Pav <laughs> and Glenn are still in charge of it somehow. Yeah, so it's not uh, actually a DDT bestie chat, but Mitchell, you know. Mitchell, I sincerely apologize. I am sorry that I ever doubted you. I just know that you are a very busy person. You have your own things going on. You've got your own struggles in life. I thought maybe the fact that I sent these out every 12 or 15 minutes was a little too much for you, but I am grateful that I was able to inspire you to tweet your own things. I think everyone should spend at least some time during their day live tweeting their life. I think Doc should live tweet a day at the office. That's a monumentally poor idea. I think Mrs. Manson should tweet her baking with pictures and letting us know how all her baking is going. I think GQ should tweet uh, whatever it is GQ does. <laughs> He's got two kids. I suppose Duff. it's more difficult to do that. Well, all right. Thank you to uh, Mitchell and Glenn and Jeffrey and Chris Hawk. You know, again, I Danielle usually emails, but I think we were off for a while, and I think that threw off the rhythm. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doc Manson, I it's only been a few days, but what is your piece of positivity as we head towards uh, the final weekend of January, 2019, almost a month old already? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know. I'm still digging dead cells. That's for sure. I'm going to go play some of that as soon as we're done here. I was going to say the fact that you got so like I, you blew my mind a little bit with the uh, the fact that you have the power line that allows the Internet to go through the electrical. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing. That's There's all sorts of things. And if if it means that you, if it means that you're allowed, you can watch or you can play a game flawlessly from your TV that's actually coming from your computer. That's awesome. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I could just sit up here on the computer and play video games in my office by myself. Yes, but, but now you're being a good husband and and dad to Mr. Oscar. I have not heard Oscar the last these last few episodes. I'm like, did the DDT awards break you and you've like duct taped his mouth shut? Like what? Why don't I hear this? That is dog? animal cruelty. It I would is. never and do I would, I would such never, a thing. I would never think you would do it, but I do know. I saw you trying to manage your frustrations during the DDT awards, and you now, were not. Pro- you were not problem solving. You were not troubleshooting. <laughs> there, because there is no problem solving that particular situation. <laughs> when there's two dogs just feeding each other, then that's true. Th- 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 just oh my god. But anyways, um, I don't know. He he has been largely quiet. There's not a lot going on, you know, during these winter months in the evening. People aren't out walking and sure. things like that. So there's less for him to bark at, certainly. But I have definitely heard him bark a couple of times. But I do think this OBS um, filtering that I'm doing, noise gates and things, um, is preventing him from picking up on the microphone more so than in the past. So Fair enough. I think that may also be partially to do with it. Uh, I'm going to do a shout-out. I don't usually do shout-outs during my piece of positivity, but I'm going to shout-out a, a guy named Tony. So uh, my car's not doing well. And, no? Uh, no. Uh, four warning lights came on all at the same time, <laughs> um, which apparently in, in Jeeps, I drive a Jeep, uh, that tends to happen with this particular model. And so this morning I put gas in it and it was really struggling, like like hard time accelerating, made it to work, made it home, but it was rocky there for a little bit. Uh, so I drove straight to the garage and my plan was the garage. I can see it from this window here. So my plan was I was going to just walk home. Mrs. Matthews was at a meeting. She was going to be late. I didn't want to sit around in the garage. So I was going to walk home. Yeah, it was raining, but I don't live that far. And uh, sure. the the good people at the garage, I'll shout out Lisa as well. Lisa was like, don't you live like just over there? And I was like, yeah. And she called Tony, who works in the sales department. And Tony picked me up in his nice CRV and drove me the 90 seconds or so it took to go home. And we chatted about the weather and uh, saved me a walk in the rain. So uh, I, not, appreciate, I appreciate that. Not all strangers are scary. Not all strangers are scary. He was very pleasant. Now, tomorrow, if we were recording tomorrow, and I find out that I might need a new transmission, which Google tells me I might, and I owe, you know, I got to pay $4,000 or buy a new car, I might be less positive. But right now, today, I'm feeling pretty good. $4,000 to buy a new car? No, $4,000 for the transmission. Oh. Ah, well, I mean, you know, it probably just needed an oil change. I just had one. Oh. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. How I, old is I, your car? 10 years. 11. Oh, well. Next month. All right. So. It's getting up there. So it, it might. We'll have to see. I, I, am, I, am, I haven't had to put a lot of money in this car in a while. So if I have to put some amount of money, I'm happy to do it. I have the money. But it is one of those things. There gets to be a time where you have to consider if it's a, if it's a certain amount of money or higher, you have to evaluate whether or not it's worth it. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, I hope you found this worth it, listening to this podcast here, another successful DDT podcast, number 161, in case you're curious. Uh, Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, you can do so by sending an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. 
You can listen to this episode as well as to all of our back catalog and episodes of The List by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support our way. It certainly helps keep the lights on and this podcast a-moving. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie?